Krista and Jeannie's going to be with us in the big service today. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, let's, uh, well, let me do a funny here first. How about that? A little girl distressed in her Sunday best was running as fast as she could, trying not to be late for Bible class. Dear Lord, please don't let me be late. Please don't let me be late. As she was running and praying, she tripped on the curb and fell. Getting up her clothes dirty and her dress torn, she got up and brushed herself and starts running again. As she runs, she once again began to pray, Dear Lord, please don't let me be late. But please don't shove me either. <laughs> Childlike faith, right? <laughs> All right. Father, thank you today for your goodness and your grace today. Father, we thank you so much for um, your word. Lord, we know it is truth. It is life. It is health unto our bodies, and it brings a revelation to us. And so, Lord, we just pray today that you would um, lead us, guide us, and direct us once again in your word, that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we'll know you better. Thank you for illuminating our spirit with yours, Father, so that we'll know the hope that you have called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance, Father. And all the saints, your incomparable great power for each one of us here today who believe. Lord, we know that power is exactly like the power that raised Christ from the dead. We thank you, Father, for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. The God kind of love. Yes, yes. Um. When you picked your podium up, another piece of paper fell behind that mother plant. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, uh, that, we'll, we'll save that one for next, uh, the first. That's our communion flow. So. <laughs> Thanks, though, Gina. Uh, um, Lorraine, thank you for pointing that out. Genesis is the 12th chapter and uh, talks about Abraham. Abraham is referred so many times in Scripture as the father of faith. You, you know, when you read Scripture and you go through Scripture, you, you hear the term, our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You go through Scripture. Paul talks about it. Hebrews talks about it. So many people in the Bible and the authors there talk about our father of faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And that is a type and a shadow of Christ Jesus. And uh, so the title of the message today, The God Kind of Love, The God Kind of Love, The God Kind of Love draws us near to Him. It is the God Kind of Love that has drawn us to uh, Himself. Because how many of you know, you and I as as uh, sojourners, as Abraham was called, uh, we're kind of sojourners on the earth as well. Isn't that right? And we realize that the love of God has been shed abroad our hearts, but there's also the term there, uh, priests and kings. You know, the term priests uh, emphasizes and, and um, makes note that we have a priest. We have a high priest, and his name is Jesus. And that love that's been shed abroad our hearts needs to be reconditioned, needs to be refired, needs to be stirred up. And so we do that by spending time in the presence of the Lord. I like to say it this way. In order to soar in the spirit, in other words, in order to discern spiritual things, we have, you and I have to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that right? And we have to spend time interacting with our high priest, Jesus Christ himself. How I many of you know it doesn't just come automatic? Uh, the, the God kind of love isn't just automatic. 
it, it has to be, you know, cultivated out and discovered and, and um, honed out. And I like this story of Abraham. Now, in this particular t- chapter in, 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 in um, uh, Genesis chapter 12, he's still called Abram. Because he didn't really fully recognize in the gifts and the call that God had placed in him and the things that he wanted uh, him to do, but he needed to do something uh, before the, God was going to show him the rest of the plan. I mean, you know, God's pretty wise. God is pretty wise, and he, you know, he he sees us through everything there. But let's let's read it there in in Genesis chapter twelve. If you have your Bibles, I, I, I don't have my brethren Bibles. You look, have to, just have to look at Genesis chapter 12. I'm not sure which page it is there. This is the call of Abraham. And I'm reading out of the NIV. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your country, your people, your father's household. Go into the land I will show you. I will make unto you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And, I will, and you will be a blessing to me. So how many of you know there's a little bit of interaction taking place here? We have God talking to Abraham. And so Abraham is given some instruction there. He's told to get out of your country. Get out of your father's household. Get out of the place that you're in right now. And if you do that, I will bless you. And I will make you a father of many nations. And so Abraham obeys. Abraham leaves Ur of Chaldees. If you study that out, Ur of Chaldees back then was, um, you know, his father there, he was, he, he worshiped the sun and the moon and the stars. And he didn't really pay much mind to God, but God told him, he appeared to Abraham and said, Abraham, Abram, get out of there. Leave that thing. Go to the other place. And how many of you know that when you and I hear from the Lord, it's usually, uh, let's go ahead and leave this behind and we're going to go do this. <laughs> Whatever that may be. He usually speaks something to us, doesn't he? When we spend time in his presence. And so uh, the main point today is, is the God kind of love inside of the believer, that also still needs interaction with, with Jesus. That's the main thing. I want to draw that out of this passage of Scripture. Abraham and God were having a conversation. Amen? Abraham and God were having a conversation. You and I, as believers, we have the ability to have a conversation with God. We have the ability to interact with Christ Jesus. And that's a good thing. Because that helps us to realize the God kind of love that he has already put there. Right? When we identify with him and identify with the, the, the things that he did there for us. Okay, first point. We, are, we draw near to him by an everlasting love. So we can say this. While we were yet sinners, God loved us. <laughs> right? Well, before we knew anything about Christ, before we knew anything about sin... God was there wooing us. God was there uh, urging us. He was there pulling us. And he was there drawing us to himself by our family and our fathers. I mean, you know, let me just put it this way, too. I, I know um, uh, many times, you know, the uh, counselors and, and um, you know, people talk about the fatherless generation today that we have with the epidemic that we're experiencing. And so then you also look at that and, and, and church attendance drops because of the fatherless generation, you might say. Not, not always the case, but that can happen. 
And, I, I, you know, and, and a lot of the uh, Christian counselors say, well, why is that? They kind of did a little bit of study on that. And, uh, it, you know, a child growing up kind of sees their father as, a, you know, the priest of the house, the high priest of the house. And so if the father takes wrong action and the father does the wrong thing, guess what? The child could say, well, you know, I'll just do what my dad does. He's my representative and do that, right? Well, if that's wrong, uh, then the child goes through life and, you know, finally discovers uh, there is a God. Each child, each person has to have the discovery that God is a God and that God wants to uh, uh, communicate and interact with every believer. Isn't that right? He's drawing us with an everlasting love. Uh, let's read Jeremiah 13, 31, 3. We are drawn to him by an everlasting love. The Lord hath appeared of old unto Jeremiah, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Okay, and now there's a therefore in the Bible. Therefore, he says, with loving kindness have I drawn you. Loving kindness. The God has drawn us by his loving kindness. He revealed to us we were sinners lost in our sin. And we needed a savior. We needed cleansing from all unrighteousness. And he says here he done it by his loving kindness. Isn't that good? God said that he's drawing us to himself by his loving kindness. And so we can say from that God is love. God is always love. And so um, Genesis 12, 7. I'm just going to read it to you. The Lord appeared to Abraham, promised him, I will give this land to your family forever. Abraham then built an altar, and uh, uh, therefore, therefore the Lord. Okay, so how many of you, if you really do a little study there on Abraham, I've got to take this off, get a little warm up here. If you did a study on every time Abraham turns around, God speaks to Abraham. Okay, then the Lord's building an altar unto Abraham. The Lord's worshiping the Lord. Okay, so he takes a few more steps, does a few more things, goes through uh, the things of the Lord a little bit more, and then God speaks to him again, and Abraham builds an altar, and he's worshiping the Lord. Isn't that right? And so when we see the term uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the Bible, they were worshipers of the Most High God. They loved God. They wanted interaction with God. And they uh, loved when God spoke to them. And they loved it so much. Every time you turn around, Abraham, uh, he's worshiping the Lord. He's built an altar and he's worshiping the Lord. And so they had a good communication with each other. They loved each other so much. And that was uh, the God kind of love in Abraham. And he was realizing and keeping that love of, God, love of God alive inside of him by yielding to that high priest, God the Father. And you and I have the same opportunity to do that. Let's go to our second point here real quick. Jeremiah 31, verse 33 in our notes. But this shall be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. Everybody say, that's me, the church. All right. Okay, when you see Israel, Israel in the Bible, that's us. That's the church today. Okay, you and I can say that we can interpret it that way. This shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel, which is the church. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their inward parts and I will write them in their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I will be their God and they will be my people. Okay, now uh, let's look at Abraham's life. I'm going to read it to you. You can mark it in your notes. Genesis 18:17. Okay, so how many of you how many of you remember the days of Sodom and Gomorrah? 
Anybody remember those uh, the, the the Bible days there, Sodom and Gomorrah? You know, Lot was living in Sodom and Gomorrah, and there was wicked things taking on place of that city. And uh, Abraham, uh, Lot was Abraham's nephew. Okay, and God was getting ready to destroy that city because of the wicked things that were taking place there. But how many of you know God doesn't do too much without speaking to someone first, especially when it involves family? Abraham had a son over there, I mean a, a, a nephew in this town called Sodom and Gomorrah, and his name was Lot. And Lot and Abraham left the Ur of Chaldees together. They left, and they were sojourning in the earth there together. And there's another conversation that takes place in Genesis chapter 18. Verse 17, the Lord said to himself... I should tell Abraham what I'm going to do. Uh, verse 9, I have chosen him to teach his family to obey me forever and to do what is right and fair. Then I will give Abraham many descendants and do just as I promised. Okay. So if you go back and read this story. Abraham and God, having, this is God thinking to himself. Hmm. Let me see. I made a promise to Abraham. His nephew over Lot is over there. I'm getting ready to destroy that city. I should tell Abraham. And so guess what God does? God tells Abraham, hey, uh, Abraham, you know that city over there, Sodom and Gomorrah, I'm getting ready to, that thing's getting ready to get stoned. That thing's getting ready to, yeah, I'm going to wipe it off the face of the earth. Go back and read the story. And so Abraham is kind of put through the test. He uh, reminds God, him and God are having this conversation. Uh, God, what if there is 40 righteous people in that town? Would you still destroy it? And God said, nope, there'll be 40 righteous over there. I won't destroy it. <laughs> and then he says, well, praise God. God says, well, th Abraham says, well, thank you, God. <laughs> and then he says, because well, he knows there's not 40 righteous people over there. He knows there's one. His name's Lot. And then he says to, uh, to God again, well, God, uh, you know, I hate to bother you, but what if there's 30 righteous over there? Would you still destroy the city? And uh, God says, no. He said, Abraham, if there's uh, 30 righteous people over there, I'll, I'll save them. I'll, I'll, I'll keep them from destruction and we'll save the city. And so Abraham still knows. He still knows there's not 20, 30 people over there. He goes on down to 20 and 10. And finally, um, he realizes that Lot, his nephew, is still over there in his family. And... Um, God appears in him. Abraham is interceding for his family, which is a good thing for us to do for our family. Amen? When we have family members that aren't serving the Lord, this is the thing. God, please intervene. Please reveal your righteousness to them. Please save them. Please send laborers of harvest across the pastor, you know, and that. Right? We have that ability. We have the right and the, and the ability, and that's the God kind of love flowing through us. Right? And God will fight our battles for us there. So God appears to Lot himself and tells Lot, he said, you get your family and get out of here and don't look back. <laughs> Amen? How many of you heard that before, right? Lot says, God says to Lot, hey, Lot, get you and your family, get out of this situation because it's fixed to be uh, annihilated. And don't look back, he said. If you look back, you'll turn into a pin of salt and be good for nothing. Lose your flavor and savor. How I many of you read that story before? Right? They left. And lots of wife looked back. Okay. That's not my main point. My main point is, is Abraham 
was interacting with God. He interceded for his son, his nephew Lot. That's the God kind of love. The love of God inside of us sees things in the earth that aren't right. And if we ourselves can't do anything about what we see wrong in the earth, guess who can do something about it? The one who put that love in there to begin with. And when we communicate that love back to our high priest and we say, Lord Jesus, this isn't right. This thing's happening in my family. This thing's happening in my community. This thing's happening and you don't approve it. I know you don't. There's not much I can do about it, but you can. Please save that person. Please interact on that person. How many of you know that's interacting with our high priest? That's interacting with our father God. That is the love of God communicated back to the one that put it there in the first place. And he wants us to remind him of his word. Praise God. Okay. Now let's go to our third point. Hebrews 10, 10, 21. So let's remind us again. God has placed his love in our inward parts. He has placed it there. It is there. And we want to act and interact with others and, and him out of that love that he has placed in there. Now here he says in Hebrews 10.21, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience in our bodies washed with pure water. We can come to our Father God out of a pure heart. Out of the love of God, we come to God. Amen? Hebrews, the 10th chapter, the 21st verse, and the 22nd verse. I, I don't know if I got both verses in our notes or not. Did I? I don't think I did. So it's Hebrews um, 10, 21, 22. He says, let us draw near with a pure heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Okay. So if you're in your Bible, go back to Hebrews 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's go look at Hebrews chapter 2 real quick. My main emphasis today is God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts. Amen? It is there. We read that in Jeremiah 31 up there. Um, it is an everlasting love. This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their inward parts. I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Amen. So God's love is shed abroad our hearts when we accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. So which part of God's love? How do we comprehend that? We comprehend it from a spirit man. A spirit man that has been recreated. One that's never before. It is born again. It's a brand new creature. And that is the spirit man that is inside of us. And then our soul, our mind, our will, our intellect, our imagination, our emotions. Guess what they have to do? They have to obey that spirit man in there. Right? We, we yield then to that spirit man and we are renewed. We are made afresh. We are revived by that thing that's inside of us. And we do it by a continu continual relationship with the Father God. He says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. When we come to God, if we have a true heart and we have faith that God can intervene on our behalf and Correct things that are wrong and make things that, that are that are chaos and he can make them right. He can take our mess and turn it into a message. Right? 
And he does that by us realizing we are created in God's image. We have the love of God inside of us. And we can think this way. We can operate that way. And we can say, we can draw near to our high priest. We can draw near to Jesus Christ. And we can do it with a true heart. With a full assurance of faith that he will honor us. Hebrews the second chapter. Verse 16. Hebrews 2 verse 16. So Jesus helps Abraham's descendants rather than helping angels. Therefore, he had to become like his brothers and sisters so that he could be merciful. He became like them so that he could serve uh, as a faithful chief priest in God's presence, making peace with God for our sins. Because Jesus experienced temptation when he suffered, he is able to help others when they are tempted. See that? See there, Jesus was tempted in every single way that you and I are tempted. Yet he was without sin. So he can sympathize us. He knows what we're going through. He knows the things we're experiencing on the earth. He knows that. He knows when we're suffering. He knows when we're, uh, you know, things aren't working out the way God would not like for them to work out. But he wants us to remind them of his word. He wants us to have interaction. He wants us to have that love for him. One of Antelope Valley's is, uh, you know, faith statements. We are a church who loves and serves God. Amen. So you and I, we are a church. We, we in the community, we love and we serve God. We love and we honor God. We want to interact with God, even though we see things a lot of times that aren't lining up with God's word. We know that they're not right. How do we handle that? Interacting with our high priest. Amen. And letting him help us fight the battles. Letting him uh, talk to that person. Amen. That's good. (laughs) Amen. See, the one that placed that love in our hearts, he wants fellowship. He wants interaction. He wants us to be in in, in communion and in relation to him. We have that made available for us. See? Amen. We have that there for us. God can get us. He can bring us all the fruit of the Spirit. All nine fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy, happiness, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. All of those in Galatians 5. They're there. They're there, and when we interact with the Father God, whichever one of those are missing, Lord, Lord, I need this today. I need this today, and I need this for my friend today. My friend's suffering today. Would you uh, reveal to them, like we pray, would you reveal to them your love, your grace, your patience, your gentleness, your kindness? And he says, yep, I'll do it for you. See, and when we love God in our prayer life, when we love God in our daily interaction, we have a high priest there that has suffered. He's experienced everything you and I have experienced. You all agree with that today? Jesus has experienced everything that you and I are facing, yet he overcame. And he says, I give you uh, the ability to overcome. Right? He says, you, you, I am your high priest. He said there in Hebrews 2, he said, um, Therefore, he had to become just like us, and he could be merciful. He becomes uh, like them so that he could serve uh, as a faithful chief priest in God's presence and making peace with God for their sins. So you know what Jesus is doing up there with the Father? Lord Jesus, 
He's sitting there at the Father. I shed my blood for them. My blood covers them. My blood covers them. He's interceding on our behalf. He wants us to be successful in our Christian walk. He's not putting anything on us to try to teach us something. He wants us to be successful in our Christian walk. And we are successful in our Christian walk. We receive the blessings when we realize that we have a high priest. He's the one that shed that love of God in our hearts. He's the one that we interact with to fill our love tank. (laughs) Amen. When we interact with God the Father, when we spend time in the presence of the Lord, He fills our love tank back up. He he brings that love back into us. When we spend time in His Word, we spend time in His his deal. He just says, yeah, that's my people. I'm going to bless them. Right? Because we are engrafted in. We're seeds of Abraham. We're grafted into that family. So we're, we're his representative on earth today. Main focus today is we have a high priest. And he loves to hear from his children. That's our main focus. To keep the love tank there. To keep that love stirred up. You and I got to interact with him. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and stand and close out today. Baba and uh, Eloise come and sing. Father, I adore you. As we uh, sing this song, sing it from your heart. Let him know that you really do love him, that you adore him, that you want him to be part of your life. And I'll tell you something, he's going to inhabit the praises of his people, right? This is one way we interact with our Father God. Praise the Lord.